Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. So we get a brand new theme this month, and it's super exciting. I'm really thrilled about it. Uh, the Lord spoke it to my heart a few weeks ago, and this thought. I saw a picture of Steven Tyler on a screen. Yeah, and it was, somebody said scary. <clears throat> yeah, he's like 103 now, anyway. But anyway, and I just saw the picture and I thought, dream on, dream switched on. And it hit me strong. So that's what we're talking about this month. Living the unstuck life, dream on, not off. We're looking at Luke chapter five is our text today. I'll weave in a couple other passages. Luke chapter five, verse one. So it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw two boats. Everybody say two boats. He saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. They had gone from their boats. They're washing their nets. You gotta pay attention here. Then he got into one of the boats. Everybody say one of the boats. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And he asked them to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, now launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I was blessed recently with um, a new translation from South Africa of the Bible, an exhaustive um, uh, look at the Bible called the Mirror Translation. And it was just really cool because he, he says here, the, 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 the translator there knows Greek, Hebrew, all this stuff, and, and modern languages, a spirit-filled guy. He says that when Peter said, Master, he was just encountering him, but he was actually giving the reins of his boat over to Jesus and basically saying, Captain, this is my boat, but as at your word, because you've said this, because you've spoken, Captain, I'm, you're the skipper. You're calling the shots, so I'll do what you said. I want to weave in Genesis 37, verse 5. I'm not going to get into all the details this day, but maybe this month later. It says, now Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. We're going to talk about at some point, probably next week, be careful who you share your dreams with. And then Acts chapter two, verse 16. This is on the day of Pentecost. Peter's speaking. He's trying to explain, calm down the convention that's in town. He said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, 
that I will pour out of my spirit on all people, all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They shall speak what God is saying. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. We live in a time of visions and dreams. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we ask you to open the eyes of our heart. Holy Spirit, we can't know what Jesus is saying unless you come and breathe that life into us. Thank you for light bulbs going off and people that have been saved today, that have gone from death to life, that they can experience what it is to be filled with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to welcome the uh, stewards. Uh, Travis and Yvonne and Russell are back from Jamaica, our missionaries, and they're in a season of transition. They're going to switch from, they've released everything to the, the people they've raised up in Jamaica. They were in Jamaica many years, and now they're on their way to a new adventure, and it hasn't even fully been defined yet. So welcome the stewards. And they have a whole row today. They have everybody just about on the row. Like the dressers did when they first arrived in our church the very first night, 32 and a half years ago, the dressers took up almost a whole row with a husband, wife, and four children. That if I would have had any prophetic sense at all, I would have taught basketball to all the kids because they all became <laughs> tall giants. And now they've gone forth and multiplied and they have more, than, they have a whole row, but they have more than a row. They've got, there, are, there are dressers and weebies and stewards all over the place. Anyway, it's very exciting, very exciting. Anyway, the last few years have been so crazy, haven't they? I mean, we've talked about it a little bit here, <clears throat> but I believe that many people have chosen to continue to retreat into their homes, their hearts and their lives hiding out, trying to find a safe place where they can, uh, Pastor Chris's favorite word, favorite phrase from hurricane times is hunker down. <laughs> hunker down, he hates that phrase, hunker down. People wanna hunker down until the danger passes. It becomes a bunker mentality where you begin to see, and, and, and religion is it makes it worse, religion. And I want to say religion, I'm not talking about Christianity, being, being a Christ follower. I'm talking about the, the religious concept without really knowing him. The religious concept without really knowing Jesus actually sees the church as a monastery where we're all trying to retreat and hide from all the, the, the big bad wolf and, the, and all the you know, stuff that's going on out there and, and, and so, so we can remain unspotted. And the problem is the Bible, when I see it, it doesn't say we're supposed to be a monastery. It says we're supposed to be an embassy. Yeah. An embassy comes in and they bring in the people that, that begin to build the culture of where they've been sent from. At least they, people know and aware of the culture they've been sent from. That's our job. We're the embassy. We're not the monastery. Talked to a pastor recently um, who was telling me that the church that he was part of died or was going through a real horrendous time. They were down 50% still after COVID because their congregation went into infighting continually over foolish arguments over masks, no masks, vaccine, no vaccine, the political mess, all that stuff. And they allowed it in the church. 
And I'm telling you, that's, that's, not, that's not the way Jesus did it. That's not the way, that's not our focus. Listen, we, have, we believe in principles. And, I, we, and we teach principles. But thank God, when it came to even the beginning days of the pandemic, those of you that were with us will recognize, we just said, let people do what they feel to do. You know, I mean, the, the, first, the first lockdown was horrendous and we all just, we all thought, you know, this thing's gonna wipe everybody out and, and uh, you know, we wore masks or whatever. You, you know, we, my gosh, we've invested thousands in these purification systems in the air conditioning. You're probably in the safest place in town. In terms of every, every what was it? Every three seconds, Pastor Chris? Every three seconds, our oxygen in this room is being ionized here and for the children. It's being ionized to electronically kill, kill the devil, kill viruses, kill, kill you know, sickness before it can even get us. So somebody's speaking to you, hopefully, you know, before, before it reaches you, it's three seconds. That's why you say a few, a few feet apart because it gives them three seconds before it even can get to you. But the problem is it is, an, it, is, it is natural in humanity to circle the wagons in a crisis. It's a natural thing. You circle the wagons, but you can't live that way. You can't live that way. In one of his most perilous times, young David retreated into a cave called a Adullam and he was running for his life from his king, his father-in-law, who was trying to kill him. And he attracted a few hundred men, a few hundred people who the Bible describes as distressed, indebted, and discontented. He got this ragtag bunch that came for all these different reasons, but they were none good. And they said, okay, David's hiding in a cave. Let's all go hide out together. That's the monastery mentality. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, David was transformed in that cave personally and then reshaped that ragtag bunch into being called later the mighty men of valor. They became an army. Through that time in the cave, they were transformed. Just like a caterpillar, pupa, cocoons and goes through metamorphosis from the worm to becoming a chrysalis, the inside shell with wings and all of a sudden breaking out of that shell, that cocoon and emerging as a beautiful butterfly. I believe everyone, every one of us that has been through, well, poopa season, If you've been through those seasons, you're about to emerge as the butterfly God wants you to be. And in the kingdom, you're gonna be a monarch for sure. Three people, no science, great. God has been transforming his church. In the COVID cave, he's been transforming us into both a loving family and a mighty army. And I hear the Lord beginning to say to speak to our hearts again, get back to the message of 
others. Others. If you don't, you haven't been around for a while, you don't know. <clears throat> but we went through a transformation as a church years ago, 2007, where we were, we didn't recognize that after 17 years as a church, we'd become so tight, so close, that when new people came in, they kind of felt like outsiders. They kind of felt like, well, that was a, that was a good worship service. It was a good experience, but there's no room for me because those people were all so chatty with each other, nobody talked to me. And we realized it was part of, it had become part of our culture because part of our original vision was to do life together. That's great, do life, let's do life together. That's a noble word, it's a noble cause, that's a great thing, it's not a bad thing. The problem is you can do life together so tight that you forget there's other people that want to be included that don't know Jesus yet or maybe don't aren't feel the Holy Spirit yet and they're looking for God and they're desperate. So I, what I did was I actually had people that I was witnessing to in the community and I thought, well, this is, felt, felt an, you know, kind of inspiration of God to, to kind of try to get them here but also to utilize them because here's the problem. I could not, as a pastor, I couldn't walk in these doors again for the first time. I was uh, 17 years, you know, it was, it was I, couldn't, I couldn't blame a previous pastor for the culture of the church. <clears throat> well, that guy did it. We're starting new. No, it was, it was, it was the, the culture was what we, whether we intended or not, the culture became what we didn't intend. It was, we, we had side effects. We wanted it to be tight. We wanted to be close in fellowship. We wanted those things. But what we didn't want to do is forget the lost. And for a couple of years, I just focused on the loss. That's why in our mission statement over here on the wall, it says, this is our mission. This, we kind of boiled it down at that point. Why are we here? Out of 400 some churches in Marion County, why does God need us? What are we doing? Because if we're just doing what everybody else is doing, what's the point? So we boiled it down and we prayed over this for months. And we prayed over every word as a team, every word and came up with this, building a relevant, creative church, empowering people to reach others. <clears throat> the ultimate end is that you would have an impact on other people. And whether you know it or not, you do have an impact on other people. The problem is, the closer you get to Jesus, sometimes the easier it is to forget. Even the original disciples said, when's your kingdom coming, Jesus? He's ro he rose from the dead. He hadn't yet ascended to heaven. He spent 40 days with them on the earth. And they're going like, when are you gonna change the government? That's what they said. Read it, Acts chapter one. Jesus said, you don't understand. You still don't get it. You need to spend some time seeking God and I'm gonna pour out the Holy Spirit and he'll be with you like I've been with you. He'll be right next to you you're not gonna be without me. I'm gonna be there through my spirit and I won't be just one place at one time. He'll be in you and he'll work through you. That's the time we live in. And it's a time of how we're gonna be led by the spirit. Sons and daughters are gonna prophesy. Young people are gonna see visions. And old people are not gonna just get off the stage and go away, they're gonna dream dreams. You hear me? Let me say that again. <clears throat> Young people, 
We need you to have a vision of God for your life. Caleb's, I don't mean you have 85 and up, but seasoned people. We need you to dream some more dreams. We need you to keep dreaming. We need you to keep dreaming, Bob and Pat. Your body may not let you stand up and worship for this time right now. I don't care. I'm so thrilled you're there on the front row. I'm thrilled you're there on the front row. What a blessing. But keep dreaming dreams because God's not done. This move that began on Pentecost was a multi-generational move. And right now, there are a lot of others that are out there that may not be part of your generation. They may even annoy you. Your generation may even annoy you. But that's what this is about. This transformation is getting us back to others. Like the mighty wind of Pentecost. There's a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit blowing across our land. And I don't say it like futuristically, I mean now. And God's work is about to be revealed of what's been going on in the, in the cave the last few years, in the, in the hunker down, in the bunker mentality. What's God been up to? Because he's working in his people. And you know, we sang about the Lion of Judah earlier. And I thought, you know, if somebody comes in for the first time and they think, what is, who they, what's this lion they're singing to? Well, throughout scripture, Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. And wherever the lion roars, miracles happen. And I believe we're about to see a whole new breaking loose of the miraculous. I believe signs and wonders and miracles are not old fashioned and out of style. I believe that there's still, God is still working and he's still been working, but I think we're about to see a grand release. A whole fresh release. Man, I feel the anointing when I'm talking about him. God's work is a glorious church. Ephesians 5 says a bride being prepared for the groom without spot or without wrinkle. So what am I saying? Lost time may not be lost at all. It may be that we're in a time of a deep work of the Holy Spirit. But maybe you even felt somewhat discouraged. Maybe you've been weary. Like you've been fishing all night or working at your job all night and caught nothing. Spinning your wheels. Proverbs 13 says this way, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. I believe a dream deferred makes the heart sick too. I believe if a dream sits on the shelf too long without you praying over it, without you taking the God dreams, I'm not talking about your wishful thinking. I'm not talking about, you know, the fact that at 17, I wanted to be a rock and roll star. I'm not talking about that kind of dream, okay? I'm not going on, you know, the voice or anything else at my age, not trying to be anything, not talking about those things, or you know, you, 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 
you ask a child what they want to be and they want to, you know, they want to be a police officer or whatever else, that's great. But then they change it 10 times. Not about that. I'm talking about God dreams. I'm talking about stuff that God put in your heart, maybe even before you knew him. Maybe even before you knew him, that there was something in your spirit that was a seed that was lodged there. And every time you get close to him, you feel it, boom, boom. You You feel life, it starts to bubble up inside of you. And then life happens and you kind of drift away and you don't feel it as much. There are God dreams in you. There are God seeds of his word working in your spirit. And, and it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking about some grand where you have to be famous or rich or whatever else. I'm talking about a dream, not of the flesh, but a dream of the spirit. A dream deferred makes the heart sick. You get disappointed. God dreams and God visions give us hope. And hope provides a target for faith. The Bible says faith is the substance or realization of things you hope for. That's why young people have to see visions and old people have to dream dreams because we all need hope. We all need a target. Therefore, when you see God moving to bring your God dreams to pass, the word says it's a tree of life. It's a, it's a new promise. There's fresh growth, fresh leaves, fresh fruit. When you see that tree come alive that you planted, uh, some little seed, and all of a sudden you see this tree. I got a crepe myrtle right near my driveway that's taken over my yard. We we put it in the ground as a twig. And it's trying to take over my my son. Every time he drives into our circular driveway, he goes, goes, well, that tree tried to get my car again. Well, I'm sorry, I haven't had a chance to get out and trim it lately. It's just taken over. That's a God dream. There are moments where it's just gonna take over. It's gonna gonna provide a tree of life. Proverbs 29, 18 says this way from the King James, without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people perish. Without revealed insights from God, you got nothing. If you can't see what God's doing or what God is about to do, at least in your life, the Bible says you're gonna trip all over yourself. Sideline dreams are about to be switched on again. This is what's in my spirit. Sideline dreams, things you might not even remember mentally, things, things not in, that are not in your consciousness, that are, that are way back somewhere in the recesses of, of, of your spiritual life, the closer you get to God, He's going to blow the dust off some of those things that have been in your spirit. And you're going to go, wait a second. This is what I've, it's going to be almost like deja vu for some of you. Because you're going to go like, oh, wait a minute. I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I don't, I don't, I've, I've seen, I've, I, I, and you're going to kind of do a double take. And that's, guys, that's the moment that I'm in in my life right now. To see this building coming out of the ground the same time that next week my book hits and we're doing a big book party. Listen, next Sunday is a perfect Sunday to bring people to church. It's a party. It's a party. It's not a traditional service. It's not even our traditional service for the non-traditional people. It's a party next Sunday. And it's not a party for me. 
It's a party for Jesus. It's a party about what God can do, what he has done, what he will do, what he's done for me, he'll do for you. It is a God moment. It's a celebration of him. And it's a fulfillment of some stuff, and we'll talk about it more next week. But we're going to have fun. Can you smile at church and just say fun? It's okay to smile. Church should be one of the most fun times of your week. Shouldn't be boring and lifeless and dull. It should be alive. In my spirit, I see pots and pans that have been on the back burner, on the stove, being turned up the heat and put on the front burner. That's how I describe it, okay? And this is a God thing, not a work of the flesh. I believe the Lord is stirring up fresh creativity and innovation. The Lord gave me the scripture years ago. It's so powerful. Proverbs 8, 12 from the King James again says this, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. God is the ultimate inspiration. He can give an idea. He can give a solution. He can give an answer. You know, many of the great um, inventions of the last 150 years have been inspired by Christian people. Many, pe many people have been used by God to bring in new innovations, even if somebody else jumped on it and marketed it. It was many times a Christian that, that invented it. The wisdom of God is in you. And that wisdom is gonna give you innovations, the knowledge of witty inventions, things that God will begin to stir up in you, even to make your, to, how, listen, if you make your job better, uh, Pastor Chris said earlier about working, you know, think of it as working for, for the Lord, not just working for people. If you would actually do that and actually try to make your boss look successful, even if he's a jerk, we won't talk about him. But if you, if you make your company better, then you'll move up. Or God will move you on. But you gotta, if you're not faithful in another man's field, why should God give you your own field? That's what Jesus said, faithful in little, faithful with much. Make where you work your ministry and use innovation to say, hey, I had a couple of ideas. Not to, be, not to be that person that comes in and tries to be the know-it-all, but to come in when you're truly inspired. God's church will thrive in this next season, living by faith in every season. Do not jump into the whole thing about we're going down. The, and listen, inflation sucks. Sorry for those of you religious people. Religious, religion sucketh. It does. So does inflation. It sucketh. It'll suck the life out of you. But the problem is, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you jump into it with everybody else who's, you know, just mad about everything, talking about how bad it is, how bad the prices are. Oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to be able to do this. Oh, the gas price, the gas price. You're, you're, you're jumping into the pit. And if you're watching that stuff that's just feeding you on that, I don't care what channel it is. If the experts tell you that we're going down, I'm telling you God's people are going up. Because it's written. It is written.
Okay? Jesus faced the enemy. The devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness. And Jesus said, it is written. And it is written that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous and is making its way toward us. It is written, he is my provider, Jehovah Jireh. It is written that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue rising against us in judgment we condemn. Watch the words and the voices you're listening to. Be careful of feeding yourself on this stuff. Because the problem is you you lose innovation when you're told that when you're kind of talked out of it. My friends, I've come to announce this month, we're not in survival mode anymore. We're not in survival mode. We're not living in the cave anymore. We've been transformed in the cave. We just didn't know it. We learned resiliency. We learned how to flow with God. We learned how to grow. Here's another promise for you. Anybody in business? Anybody working a job? Here, here's a promise for you. Isaiah 48, 17. Lest you think it's a human that says it. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. P-R-O-F-I-T. Profit. Who leads you by the way you should go. God cares about your work life too. He's got a whole book called Job. He wants to bless the work of your hands. So I'll finish with this. Dare to dream again. Dare to dream again. This is a word, the word of the Lord. Dare to dream again. You've been fishing all night? You're not alone. Caught nothing? <laughs> Welcome to earth. <laughs> People are almost afraid to dream of success anymore. When Jesus found Peter, James, and John, his inner circle... They, they were young men and they weren't gone fishing. They'd given up fishing. They had quit fishing, exhausted from working all night and they had caught nothing. Nada, zilch, zippo, nil, eh. They had no, they had no fish. They fished all night. These were experts. They were probably generationally. Dad was a a fisherman. Granddad was a fisherman. Great-granddad was a fisherman. We know how to fish. They had nothing. They finished all night. They worked all night, and they had nothing to show for it. They were exhausted from working all night. And not a bite, nothing in the net meant no money. Let's be honest about it. It meant no money, no vision. We know that at least Peter was a married man because the Bible says he had a mother-in-law that Jesus healed. By the way, Jesus healed her and she got up and made dinner. That was nice. (laughs) Not trying to put women just in the kitchen. I'm just saying, Peter's mother-in-law was nice. (laughs) Jesus rebuked the fever and she got up and she made cake. Doesn't say she made cake. I just believe she made cake. He had a mother-in-law, which means he had a wife that was dependent on him to take care of the household bills that he knew that if he came home and she said, how'd you do at the market today selling the fish you caught last night? And he said, I didn't catch anything. I need to go to bed. 
that it was not going to be a happy day at the house. Now, I know Peter had a house in Capernaum because I've been there. They have, a, they have a whole monument now there. These guys were mending their nets. They were putting them away. In other words, they were like licking their wounds. They were discouraged. I'm putting away these nets. I'm going home. I'm done. And along came Jesus. <laughs> along came Jesus. A carpenter. No, more than a carpenter. The word technon, about what describes Jesus that we say carpenter, we translate carpenter, actually means a builder, more like an architect, artisan, master craftsman, but certainly not a fisherman. And there were two boats. He could have gotten into either one of them, but he got, he got into Simon's boat. He, he chose a boat and he got in Simon's boat. And here's the other part. Simon wasn't even in the boat. Jesus got in the boat. The Bible says very clearly in the scripture that they were off mending their nets. They were out of the boat. They were on shore. Jesus gets in the boat. And the other, the other boat was James and John. That I love the fact that Jesus nicknamed them Boanerges, sons of thunder. These guys must have been noisy, talkative guys. What, what, Jesus nicknamed them sons of thunder. And the word Boanerges has energies right in it. These guys were like probably running around hyper guys. He didn't get in their boat, by the way. He got into... Simon's boat. <clears throat> so Jesus got into one boat and apparently got into the Simon boat. Simon's on the shore and, he invi and then Jesus invited Simon into his own boat. Are you getting this? That's what the scripture says. Jesus invites Simon into his own boat. Why don't you get on here and let's push out a little bit. Get on the boat and push out a little bit. Small steps always come first. Before you can launch down the deep, you gotta push out a little bit. And then Jesus spoke a word. The Bible says he taught them. He imparted truth. And then as soon as he got done speaking, he goes into activating the kingdom. I say it's time to dream on. The word of the Lord at that moment and this moment today flipped a switch. Jesus spoke to exhausted guys who had no measurable fruit, accomplishment or achievement from working all night and they were exhausted. And that's the way a lot of people in the world feel right now. <clears throat> people are tired. After a long night of zero, whatever it is on your job, fill in the blank, no sales, no commissions, no job, no sleep, not much pay, no appreciation from the boss, too much inflation, whatever it is, fill in the blank. After a long night of whatever, Jesus says, push out a little bit again. Get back in the boat. I don't wanna go back in the boat, I just cleaned in the nets. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, Jesus. Just get in the boat. Just get in the boat and push out a little bit. And then he preached. And at the spoken word, faith begins to move. And as faith begins to move, Jesus doesn't have to beg him anymore. He's not, he, listen, he's begging him first, get back in this boat. But this time with Jesus working with you and in the boat with you, this time there's something supernatural called grace. Jesus sat down and taught them. We don't know what he taught. 
But the application of his teaching involves Simon and his friends once again. When he finished speaking, he turned to Simon and said, now launch out into deeper waters. Launch out to where you're uncomfortable. Let's go out. Let's go together. Let's get out there again where no man has gone before. Let's get out there with boldness, with faith, with expectation, and let down your nets again where I tell you. Simon's reaction was strange. He almost argued with the Lord, but he called Jesus master. Aye, aye, captain. You're the skipper. You're in charge of this vessel now because of your word, because of what you just preached, and because you said, launch out, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna launch out and believe again. My friends, it's gotta be, he, now, he, he, he says master, and he, and he, but he qualifies, he almost has a mixed message here. Peter says, we worked all night and caught nothing, but nevertheless, because of your message, because of your word, I'm gonna give it another shot. My friend, if you've given up, it's time to try again. If you've been discouraged, get ready because God's about to show you where to throw the net. There are so many things that we do that aren't really accomplishing anything important right now. And I'm not talking about working all the time at productivity. I'm talking about even resting should have a purpose and a timing and a desired result. You have to learn how to rest and work and work and rest. Right now, there are people who are working very hard and have little or no impact or actual accomplishment. They're unfulfilled, disconnected to divine purpose. They're working, 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 but they don't feel like they're doing anything. And there are others, listen, who just sit around waiting for something to happen without any work, any goals or aspirations, and they're constantly exhausted anyway. There are people that are doing nothing. We're praying for people to get back for the workforce again. There are people right now that are just sitting on a couch playing video games and they're exhausted. And they have no idea why. It's because they're not connected to the purpose of God. I'm not against video games, but I'm telling you, there's more to life. And if you're living on your parents' couch just playing video games and you're not working, happy Labor Day. <laughs> you're set free. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. His word, launch out. Launch out. Dream on. Go deeper. Try again. Trust God to lead you. My final thought is this, this our takeaway. It's time to get Jesus on board. In fact, it's time to get on board with Jesus. He's in your boat. You're tired. He's waiting for you to get back in your boat again. Paddle out. Launch out into the deep. Your life is a vessel. You're either sailing somewhere on purpose or you're just drifting along. It's time to set your sails with the wind of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, would you breathe on us today, that fresh wind in our sails. Let this September, October, November, December season, as we come into the finish of 2022, here we are, Lord, in the ninth month 
all the things we prayed for in the beginning of the year in January, the eight days of prayer, this, this is the birthing time, nine months later. This is the birthing time. This is the birthing time of stuff we prayed for nine months ago and even beyond that. Lord, supernatural time. You brought us into your kingdom for such a time as this. Show us our purpose. Show us your direction. Reveal yourself. Help us not to drift anymore. If you've been drifting, you know, part of getting saved is just repentance. Lord, I'm sorry. I've been drifting. I haven't known what to do, but I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm waiting for your word. Help me to stop spinning my wheels and rushing through life like a hamster on a wheel and help me instead to find what you brought me here for and begin to accomplish that. Father, today we speak a word over this congregation. We say, young people, see his vision again for you and for us. Older people, dream dreams again and bring them to the God who makes dreams come true. Not wishful thinking, but divine purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you get anything today? Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. His word is true. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.